Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information. The Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. You'll be familiar with the fact that Jesus prayed that the disciples might be one even as he and the Father were one. The Apostle Paul urged us to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. But you will be equally aware that local churches often function very separately from one another and may even seem competitive and antagonistic towards one another. And of course, we face unity challenges within congregations too. How can we practice the high ideals that Jesus calls us to? Well, I'm joined this week by Steve Clifford, the General Director of the Evangelical Alliance and author of a new book, One, Unity and Diversity, A Personal Journey. Steve's ministry life has involved bringing Christians together in many contexts, in March for Jesus in the 80s and 90s, uh, Soul in the City 2004, and Hope 08, and of course the last nine years as General Director of the Evangelical Alliance. So welcome, Steve. Great to have you on the show. Andy, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Um, now, I mean, many will know of the Evangelical Alliance and be thrilled to be hearing you, but of course there will be some who are unaware of the organisation. So a few facts and figures first about the Evangelical Alliance. OK, well, we've been going for over 170 years. No. It all started in London in uh, 1846. A whole, over a thousand, I think it was, uh, evangelical Christians, both from across the UK, but also different parts of the world, which, of course, was, mm. in those days, you didn't just jump on a plane. You had, mm. to, you had to spend weeks on some occasions actually travelling to mm. be there. And uh, for the last 170 plus years, we've been representing evangelical Christians, Pentecostal mm. evangelicals from the whole spectrum. Um, of the Christian community, mm. representing them, speaking on their behalf to Westminster, the Assemblers, uh, the different parliaments across the, U the UK, um, being a voice for this Christian community, mm. but also looking to support the church. Um, when I took on this role, um, I, I, it was almost as if I was ambushed by that great prayer of Jesus one in John chapter 17, mm. and he prays for them that they might be one. Um, but of course, he doesn't stop there. He prays that they might be one, that the world might believe. And there's something about our unity, our being in alliance together, mm. which releases um, the effect, the more effective mission of God. And that's mm. what we're passionate about. We're passionate about together making Jesus known. And how can we support the church? How can we support individuals in their endeavours to make Jesus known in 21st century society? Wonderful. Well, if you're, if you're listening and your church is part of the Evangelical Alliance, then, then and you, you can uh, um, rejoice in that. And if you're not, well, maybe that's something you want to consider, I guess. So um, we're recording this a few weeks after the passing of uh, evangelist Billy Graham. Uh, and indeed, you're just back from uh, from attending the funeral there. Um, many will not be aware that it was the Evangelical Alliance who invited Billy Graham to Britain for the Greater London Crusade in Haringey in 1954. 
attended by some 1.75 million people. I mean, this was a, a key moment in the history of, of the movement and indeed evangelicalism in the UK. Yeah, and Billy Graham had already come to the UK uh, in the late mm. 1940s uh, under the auspices of Youth of Christ, mm. but it was really in 1954 when mm. he um, became nationally known, really, um, the Haringey, they were called crusades in those mm. days. We, t- we don't tend to use that word so mm. much uh, these days. Uh, but those, that, those uh, meetings were extraordinary, um, just in terms of the, the numbers of people that turned out to them night after night after night, Billy Graham preaching the gospel, uh, and people in their thousands giving their lives lives to Christ. Mm. And, and even today, as you, can, as you go around and you, you chat to um, particularly older people uh, in our congregations, so many of them, actually, that was the moment of mm. their commitment to Christ. Um, and the Evangelical Alliance was pivotal. They extended the invitation uh, to Billy Graham to come. Um, you know, when they extended the invitation, I don't think they had any idea quite what was going to happen in those uh, no. in the, in those meetings. And uh, the, the truth of the matter is, is, as you look through the archives, I think they were overwhelmed by t- what took place mm. to the point that the organisation almost went bankrupt <laughs> in the end. All right. And they had to because uh, because response, so many people coming to Christ, so much follow up being necessary, eventually taking Wembley because the fa- final meeting was, was actually. Wembley. So um, it, it took the Evangelical Alliance a while okay. to be able to recover from the great blessing of Haringey. Well, there we go. It was fantastic. So, um, uh, I mean, you write in the book uh, about your, your Aberdeen moment uh, that's been important in your, your time with, within the Evangelical Alliance. Talk us through your, your call to the to the work. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned a little of my background. Mm. So if you, I, I, people ask me, you know, Steve, you know, what are you? What <laughs> do you do? And my answer invariably is a bit like the proverbial Brighton Rock. If you cut me in half, I'm a church leader. That's mm. what I've done for, for, for years. Church planting, overseeing churches, supporting churches, teaching uh, in leadership development. And um, so uh, that's what I am. I'm about church. But over the is I've also stumbled into other things. Oh, so okay. you mentioned March for Jesus, you mentioned uh, Soul in the City, my evolving the leadership uh, alongside Mike Pulavacci of Soul Survivor and then of Hope. Um, and, 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 and in 2008, I was very much involved in that very first year. I chaired the Hope mm. Initiative 2008. Mm. And uh, it was during that, that year that Joel Edwards um, actually stepped down from the role um, mm. at the Evangelical Alliance. And he was my predecessor there. And um, the, the question was, who was going to take on the role? Mm. And somebody came up to me. In fact, a number of people came up to me. The very first occasion they did, um, I, I was in the room as Joel announced he was leaving. And they said to me, Steve, would you, would you consider taking on this role? And my honest answer was, why on earth would I want to do that? <laughs> and this lovely, wise gentleman, Christian leader, said to me, sometimes actually God requires us okay. uh, to be obedient to him. But it was a busy year, uh, Andy, and uh, I, I was seeking the Lord, God, is it right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in the midst of everything else that was going on, and, and the Aberdeen moment came in, in, in that. Mm. Um, and I was up in Aberdeen taking part in a conference, and it was just a few days before the application mm. for the role at the, at the Evangelical Alliance as a general director had to be in. And uh, I, I remember walking the beach in Aberdeen. I think I saw Aberdeen at its best and its worst. Right, right. Torrential rain uh, and then beautiful sun, uh, sunshine. And, and actually, 
what saying god you know i i need you to speak to me if i'm if i'm mm. to, to put mm. my application in i want a sense of you calling me to that to that at the very least and on the final evening i stood in this meeting and a, and a, the, a gentleman who was speaking that evening stood up and within two minutes um, he said some things which took me back to, to, to things God had spoken to me and my, and my wife, Anne, right. in previous years. Um, and at that moment, I just knew. I didn't know I was going to get the role uh, and, and they would invite me to take on the role. But I knew I, ha in, I had to be obedient to God and make myself available mm. to take the role on. And for me, Andy, that Aberdeen moment mm. has been really important because a role like this, uh, you know, there's some tough mm. days. Yes, yes, indeed. There are days when you go, oh, how did I get myself <laughs> into this? Yes, yes. Uh, and I, on days like that, I mm. go back to Aberdeen. I remember what God spoke to mm. me on that mm. day. And I find fresh faith and confidence that he's got me in this. And because he's called me into this role, mm. uh, there's a promise that comes with that that he will equip me and support me to fulfil the role. Sure. No, thank you. Well, we're going to um, kind of pick your brains a little bit on on helping many leaders listening, you know, to, to, to help them with the whole business of, of connecting with others, of being united, perhaps when they don't particularly feel it. Um, I mean, the, the theme of your book flows from Jesus' concern that we may be one, um, the, but they, they may challenge to, to get unity. Um, I mean, obviously, your advice to people may depend on, OK, the context, because it depends what you're trying to get unity around. But but looking looking back on, you know, March for Jesus, Soul in the City, Hope 2008, were there some lessons you learned about bringing Christians together from sometimes differing denominational backgrounds and outlooks? Yeah, I think there's a few things over, over the years that, for me, have been important. Mm. Um, I think that my starting place is that actually when I engage with um, fellow Christians, um, my starting place is one, a recognition that we are one family together. Mm. So I, I look across the, the, the studio at you, uh, mm. Andy, and I see, yeah, we're a colleague, uh, and, and we can make, maybe might work together in different settings, but before mm. all that, we are part of the family of God. We mm -hmm. are brothers together mm. um, and uh, and we have the privilege of praying our father mm. so we have a, we, we have a shared father we're part of a family together and that's that's my starting place uh, before we are colleagues we are family and so the nurturing of relationships mm -hmm. is really in, important to me and the intentional nurturing um, of those relationships working um, with intentionality and that that involves not simply doing projects together, but sitting down, having a meal together, mm. um, having a cups of coffee together, finding out about family, mm. things that, that are beyond the work life mm. of the Christian community. And then in, in that, learning to um, celebrate our diversity. I think there's a, there's a, te there's a temptation um, that we try to make everybody like I am. Um, well, actually, no, actually, we, we, we're part of this family with extraordinary, mm. wonderful diversity. And let's let's not try to create uniformity. Let's look to celebrate our diversity, our diversity mm. uh, in, in Christ. And that I think that takes us on to being able to have honest, open conversations mm. um, with each other in the midst of our of our um, at times disagreements. Mm. You know, how can we? 
in our disagreements, disagree well, respectfully mm. um, disagreeing um, with each other. Um, so it's out of relationships with intentionality, openness and honesty and celebrating our diversity, which I think has been some of the keys for me. Good, good, excellent, thank you. We're well, listening to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Steve Clifford, the General Director of the Evangelical Alliance and author of a new book, uh, One, Unity in Diversity, A Personal Journey. We'll be back just after this. Welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Steve Clifford, the General Director of the Evangelical Alliance. He's author of a new book, uh, One, uh, Unity in Diversity, A Personal Journey. We were talking a little before the break of, uh, of how Steve sensed that call uh, to be gener General Director of the Evangelical Alliance. And uh, I've been picking his brains a little bit about uh, how we can, as, as leaders, uh, unify uh, with others, perhaps particularly folk who we don't always agree with in terms of doctrinal matters or denominational background. Um, Steve, the, the evangelicalism is full of uh, people with convictions and concerns that mission is done God's way. And I guess that in some cases makes evangelicalism a, a tough place to, to look for unified action, or would you say the opposite? No, I think you're right, Andy. I think we we're people of of passion, aren't mm. we? Mm. Uh, we're pe people of conviction, uh, and uh, and God has woke has, has has broken into our lives, um, mm. and we'd love for others to be able to come into relationship mm. with Him. Now, those that is a great strength of mm. the evangelical Pentecostal community, mm -hmm. isn't it? And uh, frankly, I wouldn't want to be in any other no, community no. out there. But it does bring it does bring some challenges because of our strength because of mm. our convictions sometimes we, we can end up fighting over issues which frankly are, are kind of secondary issues mm. so they're, they're important issues yeah. but they're kind of secondary and I, I do think there is something for us our um, strap line um, is about together making Jesus known mm. Um, we're, we're about the good news of Jesus. We're about the gospel of Jesus. And there's something when, when we make the centrality of the good news of Jesus, we make the centrality of this amazing person, Jesus Christ, when we make that centre stage, some of the other things become less important to us. And so my encouragement um, has always been over the, over the years, let's make the main thing the main thing. Let's yeah. focus on Jesus. Let's keep talking about Jesus. And, and we can, we can talk about some of the other things we can talk about you know should we should, the, should, should we baptize as infants or as adults should we um, you know kind of speak in tongues in our meeting or shouldn't we speak in tongues in our meeting should you know uh, sh should should we uh, allow um, half the gender of our churches to mm. speak uh, in our meetings or not now those are important issues I'm not denying mm. those mm. important issues but there's something about putting Jesus center stage the good news of Jesus people mm. having an opportunity to come to know Jesus that I want to cheer on yeah. and encourage us to focus on. Hmm. I mean, looking back, Steve, can you think of, of battles for unity that maybe were lost because the approach had could have been different? I'm not saying you personally, but things you've observed. You think, actually, if they'd gone about it this way, things could have been better. Well, well Andy, maybe if I could make it personal. Hmm. Hmm. Um, when, when I took on this role at the Evangelical Alliance, um, one of the... Early, we have a council of the evangelical right, alliance, yes. you know, 70 to 80 of representatives of the evangelical community mm. from all its different um, backgrounds. And we were together, we were exploring the issue of unity, mm. actually, mm. the kind of theme of my book. And on that particular occasion, 
um, a, a couple of wonderful church leaders um, from the ethnic minority churches, um, Bishop Wilton Powell um, from the Church of God of Prophecy and uh, Pastor Agu from Redeemed Christian mm. Church of God. And they spoke and they brought a, a, a very powerful challenge to us. If we were serious about unity, mm. it had to be a unity that crossed all ethnic expressions. And uh, at the end of the, their little talk, they, they weren't, weren't, didn't speak for long. It was only about 10, 15 minutes. And they sat down and silence came over the room. And because uh, I think we just all sensed God had spoken. In fact, somebody put their hands up at the back. And it was a guy called Matt Summerfield who used to oh, yes. lead Urban, Urban Saints. Saints. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And uh, he, he just said, God has spoken to us. Um, we need to stop. We need to respond. And almost to a woman and a man, the council knelt and there was prayer, strong prayers and prayers of repentance mm. uh, on, in some occasions that we hadn't actually taken seriously unity yeah. across ethnicity. And I spent probably a year, 18 months following that, visiting mm. um, leaders of the ethnically, um, uh, from, uh, of the, uh, of the um, black majority church mm. um, and ethnic minority church. And um, during those visits, I built relationships. Um, it was coffees, it was teas, it was meals together, it was sharing something of life mm. together, but it was also hearing some really painful stories yeah, yeah. Um, where we hadn't always got it right. Mm. And I have to reflect, and, and this was part of what was said. You know, you know Steve, uh, they would say to me, you know, sometimes you, you, as a white leader, would come to us having done months and months of planning for a particular project mm. uh, and you thought you'd been thinking about it and praying about it and drawing others around it. and then you'd bring us into the room and you'd say to us we'd love you to get involved with what we're doing right right and 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 of course that's exactly what had happened we mm. we hadn't invited our african our caribbean our chinese our korean brothers in christ and sisters in christ to come into the room and help to shape us in planning initiatives whatever the, that initiative mm. might might look like so for me the there was a, just a real recognition. I mean, I'm just giving you one example. Mm, no, but sure. The many examples that they gave me, you know, examples of, of churches renting rooms to ethnic minority churches and those relationships going wrong. And it felt like there was a landlord relationship with them rather than a family mm, mm. Um, re relationships. Uh, the sense sometimes of white leaders speaking with superiority mm. to those from other uh, cultures and backgrounds. And I think for me, Andy, that was a, that was a very sobering mm. series of conversations. And it was out of that, that as an Evangelical Alliance, we formed what is called the One People Commission, um, which was actually the first question we asked. And it was drawing leaders from mm. all ethnicities, including white yeah. uh, like, uh, leaders. Um, and, but the first question we asked of ourselves is, how does the Evangelical Alliance need to change? in order to reflect the ethnic diversity of the Christian mm. community here in the UK. Because of evangelicals and Pentecostals, it's, we estimate between 20 and 25% of evangelical Pentecostals come from ethnic minorities. Mm. So we, th this brothers, uh, these brothers and sisters in Christ have a very significant contribution to make to us as a Christian community. And I, I regard them as a gift from God to us. Yeah. And, and many of them have become dear friends of mine over the last few years. Wonderful. Well, uh, you very candidly 
to tell that some of that story in the book. So yeah. thank you for, for sharing that. And I understand one in seven of the worship of God in London on a Sunday will be in a tongue other than English. So, right. you know, percentage-wise, yeah. yeah. we're increasingly... Well, um, I, I think it's true to say, Andy, that over 50% um, of, of church attenders in London on any particular Sunday are non-white Anglo-Saxons. Is that right? Yeah. Well, interesting. Fascinating. Um, I mean, you'll be familiar, Steve, with the fact that larger churches can tend to be separatist. Uh, they don't need others. They may regard connecting with others as a bit of a, a distraction from their main mission. And, of course, sometimes their main mission is very successful. Can you kind of talk to that? Maybe some listeners who are in those larger churches who tend to be a bit independent? Yeah, I think I think that's a good challenge. Um, it's an observation mm. that I I would make when you when you are part of you know a church which is you know a thousand or mm. ten thousand, mm. and that there are those churches, yeah. uh, particularly in the London area, but also mm. beyond the London, London area. There is a sense in which you live in your own world, mm. um, and so much of what you need can be met within that the context of that mm. world. I think it's uh, it's a shame if that is all that you experience, because I think there is mm. a rich. Um, diversity to be experienced beyond however wonderful mm. your church is. There is a richness beyond your particular expression mm. of the Christian faith. And if we are, if we take seriously the prayer of Jesus, there is something in our unity um, which releases um, a missional effectiveness which is beyond simply us doing it. Mm. Our evangelism in our particular way, because however big your church is, and even if you see phenomenal growth, you know, if you were to see 5%, 10% growth uh, in the course of a year, that is not going to reach a city. We need the whole church mm. to be as effective as it possibly can if we're going to see our cities reached for God. And that I think there's something around the larger churches working with supporting the smaller churches uh, in order to enable them to become more effective in their mission. Yeah. Um, I mean, time, time's almost defeating us, Steve, but I do I did want to just touch on the fact that uh, I mean, I've interviewed Gordon Shaw Rogers, who was 11 years General Secretary of the Evangelical European Alliance, and Chris Wigram, a, a European... Uh, Christian mission and both would say that UK evangelicals have a degree of unity that perhaps other European nations uh, would look longingly at and so we've talked about some of the divisions but actually there's lots to be grateful for and you've seen that oh Andy I, 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 I am very positive about what mm. God's doing among mm. uh, among his people in terms of unity I'm seeing some really encouraging signs across the country both at a local level mm. I think when you get into towns and cities we, we talk about unity movements mm. um, and there are so many towns and cities where Christian leaders are coming together um, and they are intentionally building relationships because mm. we talked about that mm. building relationships uh, and that involves eating together and praying together they're asking God to speak to them for their mm city uh, and often very clear strategies are, are emerging for their mm. for their cities and then they're giving themselves to that mission so much is happening at a local level which isn't just about one church running a, a debt counseling service mm -hmm. or a street pastors but actually it's it's the church together um, that is doing so i think there's lots happening locally those unity movements if you get chance you you, you might look ask, uh, go to our evangelical alliance website uh, look up gather these mm. unity Unity movements, uh, we look to support them through an initiative called Gather. But also at a national level, there are some really encouraging things. Last year, um, 
at uh, uh, over 30 festivals, events, conferences from the whole cross-section mm. um, of um, the evangelical Pentecostal community. Christians in those gatherings prayed similar prayers uh, around the John 17 prayers, uh, mm. the prayer of Jesus. They sang a similar, the, the, the same hymn. They made some com- prayers of commitment to each mm. other. And it's a wonderful statement of affirmation, of unity at a national level, mm. crossing all kinds of particularly theological differences, but also expressions of the Christian community in those. Mm. So, so you'd have Word Alive, you'd have Keswick alongside the, the, the New Testament Church of God, alongside the festival. Of, of, of life alongside Spring Harvest, alongside New Wine event, the Big Church Day Out. All of those festivals were mm. doing this unit, this expression of unity mo- moment. And I think th- there were smiles in heaven yes, as indeed. that little mm. moment, 10 minutes in each of those programs mm. took place. I think we should be encouraged by that. Wonderful. Well, I mean, listeners would have picked up your, your enthusiasm and, and joy in, uh, in, the, in your work, but also particularly on this whole theme of unity. So, Steve Clifford, thank you so much. Um, just some details of the book uh, in terms of how folk can get a copy. So the book is called One, that's O-N-E, of course, colon, Unity and Diversity, A Personal Journey, published by... Uh, published by uh, Lion Hudson. Lion Hudson, okay. Yeah, and you can get it from Amazon, you can get it on Kindle, it's generally available wherever you might look. And obviously, go into your local Christian bookshop and ask for it. Indeed, indeed. Well, please do that. So thank you, Steve, very much for, for sharing all you've shared, and thank you for uh, for joining us this uh, Sunday afternoon. Do um, go to Premier's website and you can download archive versions of the leadership file including this one in due course you can go to itunes and sign up and get the uh, um, each recording of the leadership file uh, downloaded to your listening device automatically i look forward to your company again next sunday at 3 30 thanks for tuning in you've been listening to the leadership file on premiere andy peck serves as a tutor at cwr a christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply god's word to everyday life contact him via email apec at cwr.org.uk